Answer. We're talking real money. Hi there. Welcome to another fun-filled almost hour of conversation about money. Actually, it's a fun-filled 36 minutes or so when you take out news, traffic, and commercials, because every Monday I clip these things down and turn them into a podcast with only like 10-second commercials. So. And yeah, but if you think about my situation, I, I checked. I had eight seconds in the second hour of last week's show. So there you go. I, I think eight, I just filled wait it all up. Wait a minute. Up. Wait, wait, wait. I let it. eight seconds of you in? <laughs> you better find out who's editing these things and get oh, on it, dude. No, I got to <laughs> go back. I got to make sure it's all done all the time. Mm. Let's just go all done all the time, shall we? <laughs> Hi, welcome to Talking Real Money. I'm all Don all the time. That's all Tom some of the time. And uh, our phone number is 855-935-TALK. If you would like to call us and I talk it was about Glenn, stuff. Glenn Court 50862 was our number. GL5. Last hour. So old news. That's so last think hour. How, think how happy you're going to be in an hour from now. That's You'll be rid of me till last hour, Tom. Monday morning. Hey, um, you know, there's something really interesting. Like a few months ago, and I, I know we talk about this occasionally, but really, it's still it re- it continues to be so stupid. We have to talk about it again. Um, just a few months ago, cryptocurrencies were worth in total the total value of all the cryptos out there were about the equivalent of the total value of the British stock market. In aggregate, the entire country of Great I thought, Britain. I thought they added up to Elon Musk's lunch bill, but yeah, okay. No. They were about $3 trillion. $3 trillion. Okay. Yeah. Now mm. they're at about $1.6 trillion. <laughs> Oops. Elevator down. Oops. <laughs> yeah, but okay. yet, still, people yeah. people love Hope them. Springs they're eternal. They, they're so, it's, I, every day, I read all these major publications and minor publications, and every day I read something somewhere about crypto. Something somewhere about crypto. Can't avoid it. Can't avoid it. Now crypto one point six trillion. That is about the GDP of Canada. The gross domestic product of Canada. I am now, when not you say anything about bad it, about Canada. You, so, yeah, because okay. you're too close. They could just lob they, they could, could they'll be right here in about thirty seconds. They could lob so. a can of Molson's right over the border at you. <laughs> well, that might be helpful. I'll take it. Yeah, okay. no, Moosehead. Moosehead. Go yeah, for Moosehead. Moosehead. Be better. All right. Uh Anyway, um, there was an article. This was from the New York Times. And I believe it was today. Uh, it's about <laughs> about crypto. And it's about Matt Damon. Matt Damon, who is doing those commercials. I First time I saw that, I went, Favor the bull. Doesn't he have enough money? Matt. Is Matt. he getting paid in Bitcoin, by the way? Oh, probably. Which means he's getting 50% less. <laughs> exactly. Here, here's just a little 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 snippet of what he said. Hold on. These men and women, these mere mortals, just like you and me, as they peer over the edge, they calm their Into minds the abyss. and steal their nerves with four simple words that have been whispered by the intrepid since the time of the Romans. Fortune favors the brave. I was going to say, now I am screwed. Okay, sorry. <laughs> wait. Well, wait. On that what same... What did Matt Damon say on that Bitcoin oh. commercial? Fortune favors the brave. My dad said he listened to Matt Damon and lost all his money. Yes, everyone <laughs> did. But they were brave in doing so. <laughs> that was from South Park. <laughs> brave in doing so. <laughs> they were brave in doing so. 
<sighs> okay. Uh, all right. We don't. Okay. We do not use, nor do we recommend for our clients or our listeners investing in crypto. I'm not even going to call it a currency. Does a currency lose half of its value in the few weeks? Well, okay, we talked about this already. Weimar Republic or something other than that, or maybe some period of time in Argentina. But other than that, no, that's not a currency. Number two, you shouldn't be betting on currencies anyway. I mean, yeah, you can go bet on the U.S. dollar. You can bet on the yen. You can, but that's – no, I wouldn't invest no, 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 that no, no, no. way. But the thing is, is that the implication – and and the, the implication of this article is that celebrities are using their celebrity to enrich themselves on the back of a bunch of dummies, which are mainly young people, who are eventually going to – listen to this article, uh, this quote from this article, okay? Cryptocurrencies, after all, are in many cases not so much to what you said, not so much currencies as speculative thingamabobs. <laughs> Which digital, you can invest in those, sure. Digital tokens whose value is predicted largely on the idea, please listen to this carefully, whose value is predicted largely on the idea that someone will take them off your hands at a higher price than it costs you to acquire them. And let's That's add it. a couple of more things. That's let's The Securities and Exchange Commission, they haven't figured out how you can – they still have not authorized – a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund where you can invest directly into crypto. You can invest into futures. And uh, I t- I'm going to steal this from Jason Zweig, who wrote today, gambling is for fun, but investing is for keeps. That makes diversification indispensable, which you cannot, I mean, unless you go buy a little bit no, of but each but one but of but these. But but that's even that's silly. That. Okay, so you're, okay. I, I, let, I go out and I uh, make 17 snowballs over different times of the year. So they're different crops of snowballs. And I sell those snowballs to you and you want to sell those snowballs to somebody else. Well, as long as you can keep that snowball frozen and you can keep that, you know, maybe you might sell these diversified snowballs, but if you let them get below 32 degrees or above 32 degrees, you are going to have water. You're not, there's nothing there. There's no value. This is, there's no value. A writer for Slate caused, said that this business of, crypt, of celebrity selling crypto called it a moral disaster. I mean, Kim Kardashian pushed something that went down 98% after she pushed the crypto. 98%. Other than her show? Okay. Oh, don't listen to these people. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And to this day, I'm still waiting. We're waiting. Tom and I are waiting. Our listeners are waiting for somebody to call us and tell us what, not what good is blockchain. Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear you're not up with the times. You don't understand blockchain. I do understand blockchain. Tom doesn't. I do. Well, I'm blockhead. I wouldn't understand. So I get that. But what good are cryptocurrencies? That's what I need explained to me because I I just don't get it. I was talking to a couple of friends, one a former U.S. congresswoman last night. and We were talking about crypto. And I said, 
what other thing, what other monetary tool costs you 8% to buy it and then 8% to convert it back again? So I said, if you want to go buy some Bitcoin, you got to pay 8% to get the Bitcoin. And then, oh, I want to turn that Bitcoin back into dollars so I can actually buy something, another 8%. Dirty gold from Peru, I think, is the only other thing. So, And uh, before we go to the phones, I also want yes. to mention something. I just happened to see this today uh, on the Wall Street Journal's app or on their website. I love Joanna Stern. Not in that way. But I love Joanna Stern. She's the personal tech editor Oh, you're supposed to send me this article. The Wall Street Journal. I thought I did. Yeah, I sent it. Nope. I no, did. Didn't. I'll send it again. Nope. I'll send it again because I have it right you on my screen. You sent me Jason's article, which I Well, it's, I said her videos at the bottom of it. Oh, I got to read your instructions. Okay. I'll try that next okay, time. Okay. I'll just send you the video because. I can just if, go online to myself. You, you so. type in Joanna Stern, Wall Street Journal, NFTs. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about crypto's evil stepchild. Uh-oh. Non-fungible You know I tokens. can't go there. I can't go there on this one. Why? I have a family, you know. So what? My family's enriching themselves from NFTs. No, well, they're the evil stepchild of crypto I because of the dumbest. Uh, they're evil. the second dumbest thing. No, I actually evil think they. Nephews. I think they exceed crypto in dumbness, but that's just me. Anyway, Joanne, it's kind of hard to understand because you hear you you hear about it and you go non fungible token. And then you I, gotta, I'm surprised the number of people I run into that never have heard of them at all. How do you how do you get a non fungible? How do you make something a non fungible token? I got mine in the shower, and you, it took me penicillin to get rid of it. I believe. No, that's that's never mind. Uh, you have to mint it. You have to mint it, and to mint it, you have to pay a gas fee. Yes, that's true. By the and way. and Joanna Stern explains things beautifully. This is the best explanation of NFTs I have ever heard. I could just upload it to the web or some social media platform. But there, nobody knows that this is the real original thing, that it's not just some digital copy. There's nothing, no digital info that says this is the masterpiece unicorn rainbow NFT made by my son. That's what minting it into an NFT does. Minting into an NFT. You 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 have to buy cryptocurrency to mint it into an NFT. It cost her $140 to turn her son's artwork that she digitized into an NFT. And um, then you have to put it up on an exchange. And guess what? There are more gas fees. Well, no program has more gas than this one, so I get it still. So if you want to watch this, if you really would like to understand it, you're going, I have no idea what an NFT is. Just go to Google or whatever your search engine is and type in Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, Stern, Wall Street Journal, NFTs. And it is a seven-minute video that is very, very much worth your while. Just don't watch it during the next hour. Can we go back to, like, regular stuff now? Resume normal programming, I think is what they used to say in the old days. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Now we can go back to regular okay. programming. Okay. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number. And call us if you want to argue crypto. I'd love to argue crypto. I would. It would be fun. Uh, Chuck, <laughs> you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Yes, I want to change the subject if I can. Oh, you may. Please. Tom please. would be so happy because his yeah. head spins when we talk nifties. Okay, I have uh, VGRLX, uh, the Vanguard uh, Global XUS, and I have it in an IRA, uh, but I have uh, I pay a 0.25% to buy 
or sell any shares. And uh, I'm just wondering if I wouldn't be better off with the VNQI, which is the ETF of the same, has the same expense ratio. And I guess the final question is, would I have to pay the 0.25 to uh, convert, or do you know that? Oh, no, you, you shouldn't. Uh, wait a minute. Where, is this, where are the securities held? That, They're both in a it's traditional a Vanguard IRA. Firm. No, but, but, oh. no, but yeah. I mean, Who's they, the... they are in a traditional IRA and uh, but with Admiral, whom? And uh, okay, was... but are, are they held by Vanguard? Yes. Vanguard charges a fee to buy their funds. That's yes, the first I've they, heard of uh, that. To buy or sell the global uh, XUS, you pay a point two five percent. That's the first I've ever heard yeah, of this. Yeah, and talking about Vanguard for. That is wacky, wacky, years. wacky. I've never heard that. But it, I'm looking that, at it right now, and I don't see that on here. But that, okay. But, and by but, the way, this look, is a REIT. Yeah. Just to so tell people what it is. So maybe it's a transaction. No, this is yeah. This is the real. This is the global yeah, yeah. XUS global real estate, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. VGRLX. My understanding is that Vanguard is doing conversions between their funds to their ETFs at no cost and with no tax liability. It is a direct swap. They're actually just swapping the assets, so it's a non-taxable event. Okay, well, this is uh, in a uh, IRA. Right, so but I'm just saying for those, for anyway, other people. But, but it, they, they, my ge- I would guess that if they're doing it for free for everybody else, I don't know why they wouldn't do it for free internally. Okay, it does. I'm looking now at their website. It does. The front end does not have a charge. The back end does call it a load. Of zero point two five, so um, oh, wow, that's the first I've heard of. And maybe it has to do with the way this particular REIT fund is operated in some regard. I don't know. That's unusual, but it does. It shows no front end load. In other words, no commission at the front end, but that you have to pay twenty five base, basis points on the back end. That's the first I've heard of any Vanguard fund. Very, very unusual. Wow, I don't really know why it's structured that way. Maybe because in these REITs, there's a lack of liquidity. And I'm totally guessing. Thanks for the call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, golly gee willikers, everybody. Uh, I've, we, we've Tom and I, we have learned something new today, thanks to our lovely listeners out there in Radio Land. Uh, Vanguard, on some of their funds, does charge a redemption fee. And they state that the reason for it is to reduce the number of transactions. Uh, it's to quote, these fees are designed to help those funds cover higher transaction costs and protect long-term investors by discouraging short-term speculative trading. So my guess in response to Chuck is, yes, you will pay the quarter of a point to get out. And here are the funds. This is something really interesting. You might need to be aware of this. And it's another interesting argument for ETFs. Yeah, because you don't pay that with the exchange-traded fund. You own the same group of securities, basically. If you sell the Vanguard Emerging Markets Government Bond Index Fund, 0.75% is the... Emerging Markets Bonds. 
emerging markets bonds, 0.75% to get out. That's pretty spendy. Yeah. The emerging markets, uh, government institutional, same thing. Global ex-U.S. real estate, same thing. Intermediate corporate index. And how much you pay there? Quarter of a point. International dividend appreciation, quarter of a point. International high dividend yield index, quarter of a point. Now, get this one. This surprises me. Long-term corporate bond index fund. Both the admiral and the institutional shares, 1%. This must be, is this something new? Because I've never heard of this until Chuck brought it up here. So long-term bond index, uh, long-term bond index, the regular long-term. Oh, yeah, the regular long-term bond index, not the corporate, the, the one that's both, yep. half a point. Wow. So those funds, those that's the list. Can we still call them no-load funds? No, not, you can't. Because it does have a commission attached to them. That is a rear-end load. They are not no-load funds. Um, I would get ETFs for every one yeah, of no, those. Yeah, I mean, you could own, as I said, for each one of those asset classes, I believe you could own a similar exchange-traded fund, which is probably cheaper, which is more tax-efficient, and does not include that, uh, well, for lack of a better expression, commission. Wacky. Didn't know it. Feel very... I love learning new things, though. I will not forget that. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. We have a line open for you right now. 855-935-8255. And also, I need you to remember that uh, we do podcasts. We do a podcast pretty much every day. We do some best ofs from way back when over the weekend. Oh, we got a great one for next Wednesday, too. Wow. Oh, we do we do have a good one for next Wednesday. Yeah. But we do some some fresh shows. And we also take your questions uh, at 855-935-TALK, um, 855-935-8255. But you can also send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And a lot of you really love typing your questions. Now, if Tom and I had our druthers... We would ask you not to type them in and just speak them because it's more fun. Um, but uh, people send them in, and I have a ton, Tom. So we really have to get one or we two. We got time for one right now. Go All ahead. All right, here Hit you me. go. Yeah. I I recently heard your podcast that REITs should not be owned in a Roth. Can you explain a little more why this shouldn't be done and what impact this has on your investments? Thanks again. Love your show. REITs should not I, – I I would say it the other way around. I think I just did a couple minutes ago, that REITs need to be owned in a qualified account, be they a regular IRA or Roth IRA or 401K, because of the treatment of the securities in there. Ninety percent of those earnings have to be paid out as – got to pay tax on them. So you don't want to hold them in a regular brokerage account. Um, I may have said it makes more sense to own things that own grow faster in REITs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but yeah, it's it's easy to be. That is not what we have said. Intended. You know, it's well, not really what we said. We, we. I think in a Roth, you should have you know emerging markets. I think you should have U.S. small value, the things that could grow more quickly than REITs or have historically. All right, here's one uh, that I think we can do pretty quickly on dollar cost averaging. Hi guys, enjoy the show. I must be missing something. The analogy against dollar cost averaging going in is that the market generally goes up, so you'll likely miss out. Your caller asked about periodic withdrawals, and you advised against this. Why doesn't this make more sense? Uh, like, like the, the just put the 
Yeah. It will take, I hear music now. We're going to do this on the other side, Tom. You want to do this on the other side? Yep. Yep. He's wandered off already. He lost interest. We'll continue this question momentarily on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com. Seven in Seattle. We're talking real money. We take questions from everywhere and from anybody, anywhere, anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But the coolest thing is you if you call on Saturdays between noon and 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern, you can talk to us live at 855-935-TALK. Are you actually physically here right now? Barely. But yes, 855-935-TALK. Call us right now. Happy to you answer You remembered the number only because I just said it. I wrote it down. It. Okay. No, I wrote it down. I right, wrote it down. And people also send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com, like the question we were getting to before the break, which I'm going to read again because nobody remembered, or you just tuned in and you went, I don't know what the question is. Here's the question. Hi, guys. Enjoy your show. I must be missing something. The analogy against dollar cost averaging going into the market is that the market generally goes up, so you will likely miss out. A recent caller asked about periodic withdrawals and periodic withdrawals, and you advised against this. Why doesn't it make more sense to keep what he doesn't immediately need invested with this same theory? No, let's step back first and talk about what dollar cost averaging is first. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Dollar cost averaging is the practice of having a lump sum of money and slowly putting it into the market. Or you, all, if you're putting money in a 401k, you're dollar cost averaging, right? You're buying... Mm-hmm. Every two weeks, different uh, number of shares, different prices, et cetera. And the idea here is the reason that we don't really like that as a practice, if you do have a lump sum of money, is, as the writer correctly points out, the market has an upward bias. So it's better to be invested at whatever your stock-to-bond ratio is all the time, including new money, than to sort of say, well, I'll put in a quarter now, I'll put another quarter in six months, et cetera. That practice is uh doesn't work as well in terms of making you money that's However, i think that's important here's yeah. the big difference and we don't we try not to make these rules these are not absolute rules every rule is made to be modified or twisted or fit to your particular circumstances but the biggest reason we is for planning purposes there is a difference between the accumulation phase of your investment life, Mm -hmm. which is when you're putting money in, you want as much in and you want as much bang for the buck as early as you can get it. When you are in the withdrawal phase, it's, it's often for most, it's a different, for most, it's a different matter because when you're in the withdrawal phase, we're big believers in a, a flexible withdrawal method where you take out a percentage of your portfolio every year good markets and bad. And some years you take out a lot and other years you take out less. We're big believers in that. But the problem with that is, is to do that effectively, you really need to take it all out at once, the beginning of the year, whenever it might be. So that now, because we need a plan, you can't, when you're older, you, it's harder to wing it. You need to know how much money you have to spend over the next 12 months. Now, you could you take it out every month? Absolutely. Might it make you more money? Yeah, it might. Probably will. But is it enough 
to take away that certainty of having that planning. And then that's where I think the differences lie. Most people do it every year or every six months. Right. They take money out. They rebalance the account. The cash goes into your account to spend, as you correctly say. Life goes on. So gives you the opportunity to plan. That's really the big, big difference. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. And let's quickly head over to the phones. And Pat. Pat no, Stephen. I'm yeah. sorry. Stephen, nope, I, I missed Stephen. Oh, it's Pat? Oh, Stephen. Pardon me. Yeah, no, it is Stephen. It is right. Stephen. Yep. Stephen, welcome yeah. to Talking Real Money. <laughs> we'll get this right. Hey guys, how are you? Good, Stephen. What's up? Hey guys. Hey guys, how are you? Good, thank you. Hey, I've got a question. So, my wife and I inherited $180,000 from the death of a relative, and we have $170,000 left on our mortgage for our home. So, my question to you guys is, you know, we don't have a lot in investments today. Uh, we fully maxed out on our IRAs and our um, 401k contributions over over the years, would it be prudent to pay off the mortgage? We have a, a three and a quarter percent rate on our mortgage, or does it make more sense um, to put that money to work in the market, you know, given that we're both about 20 years out from retirement? 20 years out from retirement, three yep, and a we're quarter. Both, we're both 45. Yep. And under the current circumstance, how long until that mortgage would be paid if you just paid it as you're paying it? How many more years? Um, another left? twelve. Another twelve years. Yeah, I would take to the me, money. I would invest it. Yeah, I I would not pay down the mortgage. No, mm -hmm. I mean again, and you you kind of answered the question for yourself because paying it off at three and a quarter, we would hope you'd make at least twice that investing, or maybe even more. Yeah, I I think this is, Tom is absolutely right. This is a no, no, no brainer. You don't know what you're going to make, but you have the time to ride the markets. Tom and Don are talking real money. At some point, most investors need professional financial guidance. So get a little bit of free help or a lifetime of affordable 100% fiduciary guidance at vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. We know, we know that money can be confusing and frustrating and just almost sometimes infuriating just dealing with it because there's so much conflicting information and misinformation and, and we're just going to hang out here and try to do it right. Try to help you figure this out better. So call us at 855 Nine three five talk. I'm Don McDonald over there in the uh, infamous aircraft hangar. Tom Cock. Hello. Yeah the the air the air museum in uh, the Maltby Air Museum. <laughs> oh, by the way, before before we go to this next call, I want to shout out to Sherry who lives just down the road from here because she came in the office yesterday. There's a woman who should have her own talk show. She is funny. She's informative. Does Sherry know wow. that you're a neighbor? Yeah, she knew she all about the show and the Maltby thing and the whole. Does she know where your house is? Is she like a stalker and all? Uh, I doubt that. Right, It'd be the other way around, if anything. But yeah, no, you, I mean, you, so, yeah, well, she's, you a stalker. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> she's. Uh, I just want to say hi because she listens to every hour of the show each Saturday, or so she said. So did you ever? Thank you, did Sherry. you ever tell her there was an aircraft museum in Maltby, just down the road? You know, I didn't mention that, but I'm. I'm betting you the next time I talk to she's her, she say, will bring that up. Oh, hey, yeah. can I see the aircraft museum? Yeah. You, you said this before, and there was a guy who once wanted to have a meeting in the in the hangar. He did. He wrote. Oh, he, he wrote funny. me. He said, "I was like, 
now, okay, it, actually, it's actually, now that twelve you, feet now, by like 10 now that feet. now no, that we've done that, we probably you should probably yeah. take one of the like the corner conference room, the uh, deepest, darkest conference room. Oh, I see, and, and put a few and hang something in there. You're running yeah. out of room, dude. You're I running know. Out this of is room. A, I have thirty six. I'm running. Yeah, it's a bit of a yeah. problem. Yeah, you got to so, you got to yeah. got to start a new. You know, it's like they, new, they've got new wing, new wing, a new air wing. Eight five five nine three five talk. That's our phone number. And Pat's up next. Pat, welcome to Talking Real Money. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for the education that I get by listening to you guys every Saturday. I tell everybody to listen. Oh, you're good. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I have um, two quick questions. I'm going to look for a tax preparer this year because Mm -hmm. my husband's in um, long-term care, and I want to make sure that I... I'm getting someone who is able to tell me all the deductions that I need to be taking. Um, And I'm wondering who I should, should I call the financial advisor and ask them for a recommendation on, on a tax preparer? Absolutely. Yep. They should have, they should have a list of people they have vetted that they, they know, they trust, and that they that charge fairly. Absolutely. Yeah. Every should. every good financial advisor, particularly any good fiduciary advisor, is going to have that. So, Excellent. My other quick question is, is the cost of the financial advisor tax deductible? Do you guys know? Not anymore. Used to it be. It was in the olden days. Yeah, they, they got rid of that one, Pat. So oh, now just yeah, that's the pay us like and get over it. doing business. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the, okay. like it, like all other tax policy was there one day and it was gone the next. So just that's yeah. just the way it goes. Can't right. count on anything. Thank you guys so it. much. Thank you for thank you. Thank you. That reminds you know the state of thank Washington you, used Take to care. used to what was it all the people all the money we had invested internationally for people the fees that we collected on that part that was deductible for a period of time. That's just weird. Wacky. That's all gone too. Yeah, that's all gone now too. I forget what. Well, anyway, so. Yes, tax policy does change. So, all right, I'm going to I'm going to throw you another question from talkingrealmoney.com because we've got yeah. time, okay? Uh, hey guys, do you have any rules or guidance for when to save versus invest? It's kind of interesting. I have a couple of goals I'm saving up for, but not sure if a savings account or brokerage is the better option. I currently own my car, paid off, but I'll need a new one in about five years. Should I set aside money in a brokerage account or should I invest? I'd love to hear your guidelines or recommendations on saving for intermediate term goals. Great question. Thanks so much for the show and the sarcasm. He actually thanked us for our sarcasm. Yeah, not a lot of people thank me for that. So, no, um, <laughs> no particularly not your family. <laughs> no, they do not appreciate it. So here's the thing. I think if it's five years and less, then I wouldn't be running out and putting anything in stocks. I would simply put it in either a short-term bond fund of some kind, high-yield savings, something like that, because you could wake up in those five years and find out the market's down and you need the money. Yeah, or you know, the other thing you could do is do if you if the goal is yeah, absolutely, then put it in a five year CD or something, and let's That's see. True. Whoa, we got we got time. We've got an, an <laughs> well, another we have another call here. Yeah, yeah so but, we have yeah. time. Nina, welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, um, can Hi, you hear me? Okay. Absolutely. So, okay, so my question is, I'm wondering if I qualify for a Roth IRA. I don't have one yet. And it's a two-part question. The first part is um, I have a disability retirement, and I also I work part-time. 
So my first part of the question is, is the income, my disability income, does that count toward my overall income and whether or not I qualify? Well, first, okay, if you have earned income, let me just take the, that part first. If you have earned income from a job that's on a W-2, you you can, or a 1099 even, you you qualify for a Roth as long as you're under the 129. Well, for a single, it's 129, and then it starts dropping off up to 180. So if you make more than $130,000, you cannot directly put money well, into can't, a Roth Well, you can't. Some IRA. it reduces. But, yeah. but if you make less than 129 and you have disability income, I, uh, you you could do it from yeah, your other income. She was wondering yeah. if that could – go ahead. I, well, I'm married, so my husband's income counts for uh, – we married – or we are filed together. Oh. We're married. I'm How much do you make tax. jointly? How much do you make jointly? Um, well, we're very close to the limit of the. Um, I think it's two. The the marriage 208. limit is two o eight. So two o two yeah, maybe two o four. I think we looked this 204, up before. Two o four. Two o four. Yeah. 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 So we're close to that limit, um, but there's does my my disability income is not taxed. It was uh, injury on the job. Oh, then it's no. Then um, it wouldn't count because it's your it's your AGI or your is it MAGI or just AGI? But it's your it's your adjusted gross that counts for those income limits. So that income doesn't even go on your ten forty. Correct. Correct. Right. So yeah. so I'm nowhere close at that point. Okay. So that's part one. Part two is. I work part-time, but I make very little money because um, <laughs> I'm not able to do a lot. But um, I'm wondering, I know you can only invest or you can only put into your IRA, your Roth IRA, no more than what you've earned. So Correct. I no, that, but no, I no, 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 that's earn... not true if you're married. Oh, not if that's you're not married. Yeah, if you're single, no, yeah. Sorry. If you're single, yes, but if oh. you're married, you can you could you could put the six or seven thousand dollars away. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I qualify for seven. I'm old enough, but I'm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, right? This year I made, or last year I made just over seven. But moving forward, I just want to make sure I don't get myself in a pickle. I see. What Doesn't you're sound saying. like okay. it. No, because it's a, no. it would be a, you'd have a, that spousal ability because even if you had no income. Because your husband has income, you could do seven thousand for you anyway. Ah, I did not know that. Well, you're, thank you. You're good. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Tell everybody about it. Listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast service, uh, and call us once in a while. All of you at eight five five nine three five talk eight five five nine three five eight two five five. Call anytime, twenty four seven, and leave your question. We'll answer those on the podcast. Tom and Don are talking. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And by the way, it's modified adjusted gross income, M-A-G-I, and the max it for a married couple is 214 in tax year 2022. Uh, if you need some help with money, 
and you want to sit down and talk with a qualified 100% fiduciary advisor, and you're saying, I don't really need somebody to do it all the time. I just kind of need some help figuring out this messy portfolio I had from my broker. Uh, you know, I'm going to do it on my own, but I just need a little help. We'll do that for you. Our advisors will do that. We've done that for years. We'll continue to do that. And we do it with no obligation at no cost for a while. We will not manage your money for the rest of your life for free. That's dumb. But we will help you because we like helping people. And you can just set up an appointment to have that done. At no sales pitch or anything. Just go to vestory.com. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. And to keep the lawyers happy.